Let's go. Let's go once again. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Jim Gray along with Tom Brady. Tommy, how you doing today? All is good. We're 10 and 3, and I'm feeling good about that. So excited. It was a really tough game. What a crazy game in so many ways, but that's the NFL. And um, man, I've been on the other side coming back from a lot of those. I was happy we were ahead, and then we found a way to win. So one of the most dramatic endings to my career as someone mentioned because i was thinking after the game had i ever done something like that been in a game where we've thrown a touchdown to end the game in overtime and there was only one other time in miami and i think oh three or oh four maybe it was oh three i hit troy brown on a deep post and he it was it was a walk-off so it's kind of rare you know we don't have those celebrations like they do in baseball but you kind of lose your mind for a little bit um you know but running down that field going oh my god it's over it's over so that was that was really really fun is there anything quite like that feeling? It's almost, um, I mean, I guess if you were a golfer, you know, like a, like a hole out for Eagle, you know, or a 50 foot putt, you know, something that when you, when you're in, when you're trying to do it, yeah, of course you're trying to do it. But at the same time, it, you know, it doesn't just happen like that. So it's kind of, uh, you know, you don't think you're going to hit like a little, short under route like that and he's going to go 60 we called the play to get a first down and it turned into you know it looks like they blew the coverage and a couple guys went mike and we hit it and their bp went and i I was watching them and i saw their linebacker chasing them and in my mind i'm going run bp run 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 you know (laughs) and uh it's it's cool because you do see that in baseball a lot you know and you see the guy hit the grand slam pen the game or you know whatever a homer in the in the extra innings and and uh it's it's kind of fun to celebrate that way, just knowing that once that ball goes in, it's game's over. So that was pretty cool. We had a chance to do it in the Super Bowl against Atlanta, and I threw the pass to Martellus. He got the PI, but I always thought, man, I wish I had connected on that one because that would have been a pretty unreal way to win the game. So I should have made a better throw on that day. I'm glad I didn't make a crappy throw on that on the one to BP yesterday, though. <laughs> I'm Jim Gray, along with Tom Brady. Let's Go is brought to you by GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Now online in Michigan and New Jersey, play your favorite online slots and table games like Blackjack, Roulette, and so much more with over 700 games to choose from. Only at GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Tom, yesterday was 12-12 day, and we know uh, because you told us last week how tormented you are by perfection. Well, you're up with a game that seems like it's in the bag, and then they outscore you in the second half 24-3, to and things do not look good, and it's getting away from you. Yet you kept your cool and composure, but tell us what it's like when it's getting away from you and it's just steamrolling out of control, it seems, and the momentum's totally gone. So football is a game of, of execution, and when you execute, when you execute well, things go good. You score points, you keep them from scoring points. When you execute poorly... You don't. It's the opposite. And I think what happened was we did such a good job in the first half and in both phases of the game. We get in the second half and we got guys open on third down that I didn't hit. You know, we didn't take advantage of scoring opportunities that we got. And they did. And that's what happens. It's not like, you know, there's you go and you flip a switch and turn the off switch on at halftime. It's just it's a throw or it's a third down completion or it's something like that. So it's not like exactly what they did in the first half is what we did in the second half. And when you play good teams, those are the things that, that happen. And you, and this is, 
you know, the, one of the top defenses in the league we're facing. It's got a very explosive offense. They got good receivers. They got a quarterback that can run. Well, you didn't see any of that in the first half. We basically did what we wanted, but you see all of that in the second half. So, you know, you, you don't measure them after halftime and, you know, you got to play the full 60 minutes and we get to the full 60 minutes and our defense did a hell of a job, you know, keeping it to a field goal there at the end of regulation to send it to overtime 27, 27. And they did a great job because we lost the coin flip and then, uh, you know, BP makes a hell of a play to, to end the game. So to go 96 or 94 yards on the last drive, that was a great feel. And, and I, you know, we got to learn from it and we got to learn about our execution and, and, um, you know, we got a lot to, we always st- still a lot of football left to be played. So, um, I'm glad we're 10 and three, obviously, I think all the teams this year that are kind of, um, putting themselves in a position to make the playoffs, you know, these are all huge games and huge moments to learn from. And, um, you know, we're doing the same as everybody else and, uh, we're going to try to get better from it and see, you know, if we can go win a division championship this next Sunday night against the saints, um, we often talk on this show about golf. You can be in the middle of a round of golf and hate golf. I hate this game. I'm never playing again. Get me off the course. That's me. Do you ever, That's me. <laughs> do you ever hate football during the middle of the game and say, what am I doing out here? I've never. No, I never have thought that. I think there's moments, um, not in football games where you think that, but there's definitely moments where you think, wow, this is, this is a grind. This is a real grind. It's, it's more about because golf is so um you know especially as a hobby you know it's such an easy thing to do you know it's very uh not very taxing you know mentally it's a little frustrating but it's not physically taxing. i think it's the correlation is a marathon you know there's probably a lot of people in a marathon that about mile 16 or 17 go what the hell did i sign up for why did i do this you know because it's not the first five miles or the first 10 miles it's after you've kind of depleted all your energy stores, you know, you've run past all the people at the, at the start and you're not quite at the finish line, you know? And then finally you get to the finish line and you're elated that you made it because there's so much to be gained from that experience because you dug really deep. And then probably after the marathon, as my sisters have told me too, um, cause they've run a few, I've never done it, but my sisters said, I am never running another marathon ever again. And then certainly a month later, after the soreness of their body is worn off, they go, God, that would be so fun to do it again. It was so exhilarating. So you now football has so many peaks and valleys and especially over a course of a long season, mostly peaks for me. Cause I really do love it. And, uh, you know, even after games like yesterday, I just, I appreciate it more and more. It's not it's certainly a very challenging game. The, the challenging part is the coordination of so many different people. You know, I may have 22 years of experience, but our team doesn't have 22 years of experience together. You know, we have, uh, you know, you, things change so quickly in a game. You know, you're dependent on one thing and it changes and you got to adapt and adjust. And it's hard to do if, you know, you haven't been together for a long time. So we're still learning. We're still growing. And, um, it's fun to learn and grow when you win. Sucks when you lose, but you know, we got some challenging games ahead. We're going to have to do a great job here down the stretch. Let's go is brought to you by Morton's the Steakhouse. Celebrate your next special occasion with Morton's the Steakhouse. Morton's is the prime place to take your special someone for that perfect steak and an unrivaled dining experience. Visit mortons.com for reservations. 
Tom, you broke a couple of records yesterday, uh, 700 touchdowns, and uh, that was the ending of the game, the walk-off. And uh, Mike Evans, and you connected uh, to break the completion record, and you huddled with Mike Evans afterwards. What'd you say to him? Uh, he made a great catch on that. I kind of put the ball up in the air for him. I was getting a little pressure, and I didn't even know at the time. You know, some of these things that these people, you know, the records, obviously, they're very aware on television because they'll reference them, and obviously they'll, they'll have a lot of those. But in the middle of the game, you're not thinking about any of those things. I mean, I don't have one thought about a completion. I don't know how many completions I had, how many yards. You know, it's not till usually after the game where – you know, someone will say, oh, you know, you hit, you know, whatever, 27 passes and you threw for 350 yards. I don't know if I hit 220, 320. <laughs> you know, you're just thinking about the game in the moment. So um, I did like my scramble yesterday. That was probably the highlight of the day for me. Outside of a few completions, those are the ones that I probably think to myself, wow, that was, that was pretty good. Even for me, that was pretty good. Goats can run. Goats can really run. Man, I was, I was, uh, I don't know, I was running. I was just got just a, a, a slow trot. Believe me, I wish I could run. That's, uh, you know, that hasn't been in my, in my forte over the years. Let me say that. Well, here's what your coach Bruce Arians said about you running after the game. He sacrificed his body to get that first down. I mean, he took a hit. Yeah, that's enough of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> when Tom Brady got the ball and started running, apparently he likes a lot. Uh, he don't like it that much, but uh, get your ass on the ground. So, Tom, you just heard your coach. He wants you out of harm's way. You going to follow that? That doesn't even sound like coach. I think that's the first time I've ever heard him swear. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. He's right. I agree with B.A. Get my ass on the ground. That's what I deserve. That's, that's where I should be. They're trying to put me on the ground pretty tough, and they took some good shots yesterday. So, I think my days of running – They'll be only if necessary at this point going forward. Let's go, Jim Gray, along with Tom Brady. When we return, we will be joined by the great Vin Scully. Forty years ago, the catch took place at Candlestick Park, and it was that play and that call of the game by Vin Scully and Hank Stram that inspired Tom Brady. Let's Go is brought to you by USAA Insurance. We're dedicated to helping the military community protect what they've worked hard for with insurance that meets their high standards. Get the coverage you deserve. USAA Insurance. USAA! Vince Scully up next, right here on Let's Go on Sirius XM. Hey everyone, Lindsay Rhodes here, and if you love football, you're going to love my podcast, The NFL Roadshow. With episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we cover every NFL angle and talk to guests from across the NFL world, Hall of Famers, analytics nerds, and I say that lovingly as someone who wants to be an analytics nerd very badly, fantasy football experts, all of it. They're discussions you're not going to find anywhere else. So please, subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, included with most subscriptions. Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray along with Tom Brady as we continue. Let's Go is brought to you by Ring Alarm. It's true, Ring has an award-winning alarm with professional monitoring that you can install yourself in minutes. Go to ring.com forward slash let's go for a special offer on Ring Alarm today. That's ring.com forward slash let's go. Vin Scully, 67 years 
He was the voice of baseball with the Los Angeles Dodgers. You've heard him on the World Series. He is synonymous with the sport of baseball, but he also was there all those 40 years ago as we celebrate the anniversary of the catch at Candlestick Park. And here's how Mr. Scully called that on CBS TV. Don Landry is six yards away from his sixth Super Bowl. And of course, for the upstart 49ers, they're six yards away from Pontiac. Third and three. The right side, possibly. Montana looking, looking, throwing in the end zone. at Candlestick with 51 seconds left. Dwight Clark is 6'4". He stands about 10 feet tall in this crowd's estimation. Vin, thanks for joining us. So poetic. 40 years ago. Wow. Yeah, it's hard for me to realize until I just celebrated my 94th birthday. So <laughs> now I realize the 40 isn't that bad at all. <laughs> I get goosebumps still hearing that. And uh, just what an amazing moment, too, in so many people's life, obviously, and all the 49er fans' life and the 49er players. But it's amazing. How many times do you think you've heard that call over the years that people have talked about for so long? Yeah, I still get goosebumps uh, for the moment, you know. Uh, the thing about that game that made it so great, it was literally and figuratively, it was. Uh, what would you call it? Seesaw, at least. In other words, the Niners scored. Then Dallas got a field goal. Dallas scored. So it was 10-7 Dallas. Then uh, the Niners moved up and scored. And it went back and forth, back and forth. And even at the end, if I remember, there was something like 50 seconds left. And it was still a chance for Danny White and uh, the Cowboys. But the, yeah, it's it's a game that left a great impression on me. And I remember getting on the airplane, flying back to Los Angeles, and I put my head back on that chair and I thought about it and I figured I will never see a better game than that wow. one. And so that was my last game doing football. Wow. Yeah, it was Incredible. a good one to quit on. <laughs> That's say pretty good. We all wish we could a, end it that way. Yeah, it was a great way to end a portion of the career. Yeah. And there was a four-year-old young boy who was sitting in Candlestick Park that day with his father. Tom Brady Sr. Yeah. took a four-year-old Tom Brady to that game. Tom, what do you remember of that game? And how many times have you heard that tape of Vin call the catch all these years later? Yeah, quite a few, quite a few. And um, that was one of the great moments in my life. And there's not many memories, you know, when you think back to your early childhood that you can remember so vividly. And I certainly did. And it left a big imprint. I fell in love, you know, when you fall in love with football and it's in your DNA like that, you know, my parents somehow got us tickets to that game um, and became season ticket holders after that. And as a four-year-old kid sitting in the stands, I was actually in the opposite end zone. And, um, you know, I, I told a story earlier that, you know, I wanted one of those foam fingers that with the 49ers, the number one. And I was my parents always said I was crying the whole first half because they wouldn't get me one because I said everyone <laughs> kept holding them up. And, you know, the game ended up 
as just as as we just heard that you know everyone jumped up out of their seat i couldn't see anything at that point and i was four but i did have the foam finger so i was very happy well, um somebody about five years ago in the mail randomly i got a red 49er foam finger so i kind of oh, swore wow. I kind of swore off the 49ers after they skipped over me six times in the 2000 draft and they took a, <laughs> another quarterback in the third round. So I kind of, you know, didn't think too highly of them for a long period of time. But after I got that foam finger, I thought, man, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool to still, you know, be a part of it. And even when I see the Niners play today, there's still a part of me that, you know, always, you know, roots for them just a little bit. So uh, that was an amazing moment in my life too. So I was uh, about eight years old. And we had a big four-legged radio in the living room. And I used to crawl under the radio and listen to college football. There wasn't much else on the air. And the little loudspeaker was directly above my head. And I would curl up and listen. And the first thing that captivated me was the roar of the crowd. The next time I started to think, boy, I wish I was there. And before I got through one full season, I thought I'd like to be like that broadcaster. And all of that worked out, not with the number one finger, but just eight-year-old heart and a great imagination. Wow. Incredible. As we continue with the incomparable Vin Scully and Tom Brady, I'm Jim Gray. Any athlete will tell you it helps to work with an expert. For buying or refinancing a home, your expert is an independent mortgage broker. Find one at findamortgagebroker.com, powered by United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS, number 3038, licensed in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Tom, how much yeah, more do you remember having watched that play a thousand times and Vin's call than you do actually be in there? And how much did that call just leave such an indelible impression that you wanted to be a part of football? So much, you know, because we were kids growing up in that era where, you know, we went to those games. We talked about the 49er games. We, it was such a big part of our life because that era and dynasty of 49er football for all the kids who grew up in the Bay Area, that changed that whole, that whole part of Northern California. And, um, you know, when we went to school, we would be talking about, you're, I'm Joe Montana and you're Dwight Clark and I'm going to roll right and I'm going to throw it up and, you know, we're going to recreate the catcher and we're going to draw up plays and we're going to name the plays and because the catch was named. So we're going to call the dagger and the secret weapon. And we're going to, you know, that's, that's how we played on the schoolyard. So, you know, I even thought about that being in Boston for 20 years, you know, it really wasn't a football town like the Red Sox, the Red Sox pretty much dominated Boston. You know, even when I got there and I'll tell you, by the time I left 20 years later, it was every bit as much of a football town. Uh, as it ever, as it was a baseball town, you know, people now people root for the winners and, and it's good because people, when people invest their time, they want to invest it in a, in a fun way. So, you know, to win, to be a part of that, that really stoked my love for the game and Joe Montana, you know, what he did for me as a young player, looking up to him and, and, you know, our family and our support of the Niners and, and, uh, you know, watching, you know, Roger Craig and Wendell Tyler and Tom Rathman and, Freddie Salmon and John Taylor and Jerry Rice and Ronnie Lawton, those guys that I see now, I still look at them. I go, wow, they were just, they're, 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 they're just kind of Goliaths in my mind, you know, because at this, this time in my life, they were the ones that I thought 
that's who I just really looked up to and admired so much. And I was, I could never imagine that the spot that I'm in today, um, but just blessed beyond words can even imagine, um, you know, how many great football memories I've been able to be a part of in my life. This might be an impossible question, but you now have thrown 700 cut touchdown passes. So could there possibly be one that gave you more joy than all of the others? That's a great question. That's a great question. I remember my first one. Um, I remember the one that broke the record for the most touchdowns ever. Um, I'm sure if I saw all of them, I would pick a few out. But sure. um, the ones probably earlier in my career probably m- meant the most because I was didn't have the confidence that I have today. You know, today I kind of expect to go out there and play really well. But when I was young, I wasn't sure, you know, am I capable of doing this? Am I, am I ready? Am I, you know, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? So probably some of the, like the, the Super Bowl, I threw one to David Patton, the 2001 Super Bowl, God rest David's soul. He was a great man too. And um, I threw a little out and up to the back of the end zone in Super Bowl 36. And that was John Madden was on the call. And, uh, you know, that was probably one of my favorite touchdowns I've ever thrown in my life. That's good to know. I'm sure Joe Montana had so many last minute victories when he was at Notre Dame, but also I can't imagine him thinking of a better play. And from what I understand it, um, that play that looked like a high throw to Dwight Clark, but actually that was a play. They had rehearsed it and practiced this endless hours. And so it wasn't like a pass that was overthrown. It was set up to be that way. So amazingly, I'll tell you, so, and that happens. That definitely happens. And um, sometimes you throw balls, and it's funny because yesterday we there was a, a very cool record that I was a part of where I I it was we broke a record yesterday for the most passes completed in NFL history, and I threw it to Mike Evans, who Mike's one of the great receivers. Well, I was getting pressured, and I knew where Mike was running, but when I got was releasing the football. I was throwing the ball basically to the sideline. I had no idea. I mean, I knew where Mike was breaking in the vicinity, but I was not, there was no pinpoint accuracy. It's not like in baseball, there's a catcher's mitt. You know what I mean? And I just got to hit the catcher's mitt. The catcher's mitt's 15 yards wide. And I threw the ball up in the air and I got hit. So I went to the ground and I was kind of pissed that we didn't have the right blitz pickup. And sure enough, I look up in the crowd because, of course, I'm thinking I was third down. We're off the field. And I hear the crowd go, yeah, and cheer. And I said, <laughs> we hit that? Holy cow, let's go down to the two-yard <laughs> line. So in some ways, as a quarterback, you have those moments where you want to, you know, you throw it to a place where you think only your guy can get it. And I watch it on film now, and I'm kind of like, wow, that looked exactly like we rehearsed it, except it wasn't quite like we rehearsed it. It was pretty, pretty amazing it was a good throw and an amazing catch. You know, one of the things I had to look it up to be sure, but I thought that uh, the Niners were kind of fast and furious in handling the ball. And he, uh, San Francisco had six turnovers in that big game. 
Wow. And usually six turnovers, you're not going to win. Six, <clears throat> six turnovers, you Never. can basically guarantee a loss. We had some <laughs> pretty cool statistics when I was a part of the Patriots. We, Belichick, would re <clears throat> he'd recite them a lot. And um, we had a 95% chance of winning the game if we didn't turn the ball over. So he would always say that you know, to start the week. Just remember, Brady, 95% chance. Wow. If you don't turn it over, we're going to win. Well, I'm saying, well, look, I can't just take, take a knee and, you know, at, you know, punt to the other team. We got to actually take a little risk here in order to move the ball down the field and score points. But it's exactly that. It's, you know, it's a tough game. And, and those turnovers can, you know, those, those swing a lot of outcomes of a lot of games. You're pretty fortunate when you turn it over to win. And I don't think I've ever been a part of a game that had six turnovers in one, unless our defense got six of them back. Vinny, you asked Tom an impossible question. Let me ask you an impossible question. You've had some of the most memorable calls in baseball history. You've done 12,000 Major League Baseball games, Sandy Colfax perfect game, Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's home run record, uh, the World Series in 86 through Buckner's, uh, through Buckner's legs, Kirk Gibson uh, winning in 88 for the Dodgers, Don Larson's perfect game in 56, and the catch. Which one ranks first on your list? I think because of the sheer shock as to what took place, the Gibson home run would be the most electric. Granted, Montana to Clark is a very electric moment, but uh, Gibson, first of all, remember, uh, was not going to play. In fact, we were in commercial in the bottom of the ninth inning, and I said to the director, Harry Coyle, do me a favor, follow me. Harry said, okay. So we came out of commercial and it showed the blimp looking down at Dodger Stadium. And I remember saying, if you were here with us tonight, the first thing you would do would be look into the Dodger dugout. Wham. Harry's in the dugout, a pan of the camera. There's no Gibson there. So I say, obviously, Kirk Gibson will not make an appearance. Meanwhile, I have no idea where Gibson is. He's sitting in the trainer's room, two huge ice bags on both of his legs. He's so beaten up. He answered me, from what I understand, a little bit of a horse, Scully, and it inspired him to get up, tell the bad boy <laughs> to go down and tell the sorta, I'm coming. And so I'm doing the game now and they have a runner at second base, the Dodgers do. And all of a sudden, coming out of the Dodger dugout, using a bat as a cane is Kirk Gibson. And then without going too much more time about it, he limps to the home plate. And I'm thinking, if he hits the ball on the ground, he can't run. So they've got to get him. So I just hope, that's one of the few times I ever said that to myself, just hope that uh, he doesn't strike out. Well, he gave it some battle, and then he remembered a scout's tip that sure enough, the pitch was going to be a 3-2 slider, and he hit it for a home run. I think all of that, from the moment we looked in the Dodger dugout to the home run, was without a doubt the most dramatic, pure theater that I've ever seen in a game. And you said, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, 
In the year of the improbable, the impossible has happened. Something to that effect, correct, Vin? Yes. What happened, uh, if I had a trademark, and remember I mentioned to Tom, when I was eight years old, I would lay underneath the big radio and just like water coming out of a shower head, the roar of the crowd just absolutely made me delirious with joy. So ever since I learned to broadcast a little bit, I would call the play, shut up, and let the crowd roar. That was kind of my trademark. And someone once wrote, uh, Scully made his greatest contribution by saying nothing. That was after one of the home runs in the World Series. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I have nothing to say. So up to my last game, when a ball was hit and the crowd reacted for a brief few seconds, I was eight years old again under that radio. Well, the only thing that's been missing from Tom's career is to have had a call from Vin Scully. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Vin. What a pleasure. Oh, Tom, it's my pleasure. God bless. Stay healthy and keep breaking those records. Us <laughs> old fogies watching on TV love to say it. I'm an old fogey in my line of work, too, and you're certainly <laughs> not. You could still do it as well as anybody. I promise you that. Well, and my best to your wife and family. Hope everything is happy as the way you're playing. Thank you. I appreciate it. What do you think is a tougher task, Vinny, to have done done the games at 88 years of age or to be playing football uh, like Tom <laughs> like Tom is at 44? <laughs> I, I think there's no doubt about it. Uh, Tom's job, no one ever tried to tackle me, smother me, twist my arm. They just let me blabber where uh, Tom's got a tough assignment, both mentally and physically. No comparison. Thank you, Vinny. God bless. All right, Jim. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Tom. Take care. Quite an honor, Tom, to have uh, Vin Scully join us. Um, went to the Baseball Hall of Fame, the Ford Frick Award, back in 1982 and was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Obama in 2016. He is a living national treasure. Yeah, absolutely. I, so I was also a Giants fan growing up, a, a San Francisco Giants. So again, Dodgers-Giants rivalry and hearing his voice you know, brings back the best memories for me as a kid too. So I grew up watching sports and loving the Giants and the 49ers and the fact that he was part of that call, but a part of so many Giants games, Giants-Dodgers games that I just loved growing up. And, and uh, what a real pleasure to get to, to see him, talk to him and He's still, what a voice. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing just to hear him speak. A poet. He was Shakespeare as a sportscaster and uh, the best, the best sportscaster this country has ever had. I mean, true greatness. Uh, Tom, as we wrap it up, but you got a big announcement tomorrow. You're getting involved with all of these college athletes with their name, image, and likeness. And uh, I know it's an issue that's important to you. And so you've decided to sponsor 10 athletes and uh, put some money in their pocket and uh, try and further further their lives and their education as well. Yeah, it's you know amazing how much the world's changed in a short period of time, you know, and with um, all the college athletics over a period of time, it was really an opportunity because I remember being a college athlete and, um, you know, we went to school and we had some jobs and I think this is a nice way for these college athletes to earn some money. So having the 10 Men represent, you know, our first Brady campaign is, is very special. It's really a group of kind of driven young men um, and young athletes at 
early stages of their career. And I'm just really excited to have them part of it. And it's through the Brady line, the apparel line, which is uh, coming out here shortly, correct? Yeah, and it's launched in early January. And I think it'll be available for people in January. So really excited to have people uh, get involved. And and I think we're going to do some amazing things over the years. Terrific game yesterday, Tom. We look forward to Sunday night. You'll play the Saints, and we will talk to you next Monday night right here on Let's Go. Great. It's a championship game for us. You know, you don't have those moments very often. So we're 10 and three. We win this game. We win the division. And that's a tough thing to do. And the Bucs haven't done it since 2007. So we got a lot at stake, very motivated to go out there and be our best. So uh, I'm excited for the week of practice, see what we can do. And uh, I know it's going to be a dogfight Sunday night. Hopefully it turns out the way that we want it to. Let's Go is brought to you by FTX. Download the FTX app now and get started in the crypto game. Our thanks to our great producer, Dave the Snake Hagen, production assistance by Harris Fabishoff, and to our sponsors, Morton's, USAA, Ring, United Wholesale Mortgage, FTX, and GoldenNuggetCasino.com. Let's Go Podcast with Tom Brady was produced by 199 Productions in collaboration with Scratchy Productions. I'm Jim Gray, and we will talk to you again next week right here on Sirius XM. Serious XM Podcasts.